0: Hello Lake Forest, this is former Mayor George Pandeleon and you are listening to the Lake Forest Podcast.
1: The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners and businesses just like you. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Joseph Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealestate.com. Havey Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havey. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Matt A., Elizabeth C., Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan mg a lot <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was telling all the boys boy it sure is chilly in lake forest today because i think hell done froze over we got george on the show welcome aboard mayor george
0: thank you fun to be here thanks for having me
2: good morning mr mayor thanks so much great honor to have you on good morning we're glad to have you yes
0: yes well it's we're early... looking forward
1: to it well it's early in the show george you know that <laughs> Things can go wrong, <laughs> and usually do. So, so George, the four years you spent as mayor of Lake Forest, if you had to rank the top three mayors in the whatever gazillion year history of Lake Forest, do you think you've had the most challenging term
0: ever? Uh, you know, there have been a lot of mayors that have had serious challenges. Some of them were constructive challenges. Some of them were difficult challenges. I remember uh, I was the chairman of the plan commission when Howard Kerr was the mayor. There were a large number of challenges then. Um, But, you know, nobody expected something like COVID. Mm -hmm. And I don't (laughs) think anybody ever expected something like what happened at Highland Park last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, those so years.
0: those were those were difficult. And then, you know, to, but on the other hand, when I started out uh, you know, and the caucus asked me what my big objectives were. People asked me what the objectives were for my term. There were basically uh three. There was, you know, let's let's make sure we have a smooth transition. We had a lot of new people. We had a new city manager, a new city attorney, several new people on the city council. Uh, let's keep everything together on that front. Uh, let's see if there's something we can do to uh, encourage our real estate market to improve. And uh, because it had been moribund for at least a decade. Yes. And uh, the third thing was, let's try to get some vibrancy into our, into our CBD. You know, there were a lot of complaints about it just being quiet and, and not active and, and no vibrancy and no street, no street kind of activity. Mm-hmm. And um So those were the three big things that I was focused on when I, you know, I became mayor and uh, you know, uh, it's an ill wind that blows no one good. I mean, COVID really helped us on, on the, actually the transition helped too. It helped on the transition too, because it gave, uh, it gave the new city manager an opportunity to implement a lot of things much more quickly than would have been possible without COVID. So, But it was very challenging trying to make sure that our fire department, our police department, uh, our public works department, our garbage collection, you know, if COVID had run through those departments uh, and people had been out for two weeks, you know, in large numbers, that could have been a serious challenge. So there was a lot of work done to, to make sure that those basic functions uh were able to continue and we had very little incidence of covid in the city staffs.
3: there was an amazing amount of uh, change in the real estate market during covid uh which was not anticipated at the beginning of the uh of the crisis. Uh, the, uh how did um, how did that really impact Lake Forest?
0: Well, I like to people started asking me why do people come to Lake why are all these people moving to Lake Forest all of a sudden? And I think it had a lot to do with um timing. And I think it had a lot to do with reducing the pain of the commute. Uh, you know, the thing that had always been the rap on Lake Forest was that we were too far from the city and nobody wanted to come up here. Well, the fact is the people that would come here weren't going anywhere. They were staying in the city. They weren't moving to, they were maybe moving to Wilmette or when a little more frequently, but not really. With with work from home opportunities, all of a sudden, and and then on top of that, the constraints of living in the city under COVID and the violence. Um, you know, people were asking me, why are pe- Why are all these people moving up here? And I said, well, we have the four S's. We have schools, we have safety, we have space, and we have savings. I mean, our, tax, our low tax rate was a big attraction for these people. And they could sell a million and a half dollar, $2 million dollar condo in Lincoln Park and get three or four times as much space and pay a lot less taxes and have a better quality of life without worrying about stranger danger and uh you know where their kids are all the time so uh it really it really powered us and i think once once the word got out people came up here and saw what, what our quality of life really is here they were they were delighted and they reported back to their friends and you know in my neighborhood i live in Whispering Oaks right up the street from Cherokee school and the typical new neighbor is a pregnant woman pushing a stroller. I mean these kids aren't even in kindergarten yet so it's been uh, quite a shift we've had over we have about eight thousand households in Lake Forest and fifteen hundred of them or so are new residents so that's a huge transition and and a lot of people like me you know empty nesters have had the opportunity after ten years to finally downsize or relocate or uh, do what they've wanted to do for a long time. So it's been a it's been a very positive thing for the city in that regard. Yeah. I mean, we still
2: have more housing coming into the to the city, believe it or not. There's still things being built, though. I don't know how much longer that can continue.
0: Very low volume. I think the number last year was 30 units. Um, you know, out of 8,000 households. Um, so I think we say there's something like 7,500 housing units, or eight. 000. It's right around the same number. But uh, it's a very small number. We're pretty much fully built out. Um, there'll be some infill. There'll be some teardowns. Um, there'll be some multifamily in the downtown um, over time. So that's
1: George 12. trying to give you, trying to give you some more kudos here. Four years in, a uh, hundred year uh, pandemic, uh, new you know new city manager coming in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the uh, the boarding up of the windows in town and all that stuff. The the, the BLM deal, uh, that is quite the uh, navigation that you did. So, tip of the tip of the hat to you.
0: Now On the boarding up for a moment. Uh, the yeah. thing that happened there, the city never the city never encouraged that. What happened was we have some national retailers who had been targeted in other markets and had corporate policy. That if yeah. any kind of Black Lives Matter rally was happening in their vicinity, that they were they, had a, they just pushed a button and the nationally uh, hired contractor would come and board the place up. And then when the local people started to see that happening among the Lululemons yeah. and the Starbucks and the, uh, you know, the Williams Sonomas of the world, it became something everybody wanted to do. So uh, it's too bad. But
3: uh, yeah, I thought it was very unfortunate because it really kind of set the wrong message to everybody uh, that we were somehow terrified of people, uh, and we weren't, it was, it was really, it looked bad. It was a bad optics.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: And, uh, you let them, you let them speak or whoever speak, right. It wasn't
0: a, it wasn't a city sanctioned event. It was, it was a classic case of, uh, you know, first amendment rights being protected by the community. Um, we this was put out on facebook as something that was happening in market square and uh they already had 600 people signed up to show up before the city even found out about it so trying to shut that down would have definitely sent the wrong message and probably made us a target so um it was hard to explain that to people at the time i got some uh, rather uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: hmm. uh, unpleasant... but it ended up being a peaceful event right i mean it oh, was absolutely a lot it was it i was think a i think you pleasure. even had i think you even had like uh um, Representative Morgan speak at it, as we I recall. Had, we,
0: he did, and the uh, mayor of Waukegan came down, and uh, Leon Rockingham from North Chicago was there, and we had we had a a great group of people.
3: No, I was there with my wife. It was very peaceful. It was very. Uh, it was actually a kind of an inspirational event. It was a very nice thing.
0: Well, you still have the outliers
1: that come in from Highland Park on either side, left or right, and there was a little shouting going on. But look, it, kudos. You, The the way it was handled and all that, you know, I would have loved to have told you this a a while ago, but uh, I I couldn't. So so thank you. So one of the first questions.
0: We did our best.
1: (laughs) Okay, so so one of the first questions I've always wanted to ask you is, can you explain in layman's terms, because you're definitely speaking to a layman here, (laughs) the relationship between the mayor and the city manager? and the guiding body of icma.org does that ring a bell
0: uh the the uh community managers association yeah or city managers association you know that's this that's the city managers association it's not something i was really directly involved with except to accept some awards from them for some of the things we've done over the last four years um the way it, it our structure, our, our government is structured very very much like a corporate structure. Um, the uh, city staff and the senior staff are sort of the, um, the people who run the day-to-day operations. The city manager could be likened to the CEO. Uh, the director of finance could be likened to a CFO. Uh, so that's the C-suite, to use corporate terms. The city council sits as effectively the board of directors. So the board of directors is in a, in a corporation is generally not involved in day to day decision making, um, uh, you know, bill paying, selection of contractors, you know, all that kind of thing. That's uh, and and strategy. Frankly, I mean, you know, corporate strategy is typically set by the C suite and then then brought to the city council or brought to the board of directors for approval and and oversight. So the board of directors does what the board in Lake Forest does, or the city council does in Lake Forest. What the board of directors does in a corporation, which is allocate resources, allocate capital, uh, point the management in directions that they believe are important to cover both operationally and also from a long-term capital point of view and strategically, and then um, and then oversee basically the CEO. Uh, and thereby, the the senior staff and uh, essentially the the city council has two employees: the city manager and the city attorney. So that city attorney is sort of like the general counsel. Mm-hmm. So, and then the mayor is really like the chairman of the board. So, like in any corporation, the chairman of the board works very closely with the CEO, very closely with the CFO. Uh, I have some I have a couple of friends who are chairman of board of major public company boards, and they were just regular board members for a number of years. And I I remember asking one very close friend of mine, you know, now what's it like to be the chairman of a major public corporation? Is it different than just being a board member? He said, you wouldn't believe how different it is. And I would say the exact same thing about uh, going from alderman to city to uh, to mayor. It's an order of magnitude, different level of responsibility. Uh, much more involvement in, um, in policy matters, but also in, you know, sensitive personnel matters, uh, union relations, things that the city council on a day-to-day basis really isn't in a good position to manage because it's eight people and it's hard to get eight people to do, you know, one thing. So the thing, what, what happens is, as with our boards and commissions, they get presented with proposals And they can say you know what we like that proposal or we don't like that proposal they don't say okay we're going to go off by ourselves and create a whole new proposal that's not that's not what the board is supposed to do that's not what the city council is supposed to do go back and do some more work on it and, and make it more acceptable to us or take it in this other slightly different direction but you know not writing it from scratch uh and not implementing it so so that, it's very easy to understand if you sort of think of the corporation as the as the model.
2: So when people run for mayor and they say I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, um, as we saw uh, a little bit in the last mayoral campaign, I mean it's kind of it, 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 they. I mean they they have the bully pulpit of the office, right? But that's the biggest. That's the biggest, that's the biggest
0: yeah. thing. You know, you got the you got the mouthpiece. You are the representative of the city nobody else uh really speaks for the city the way the mayor does so if the ma- and the mayor sets the agenda uh yeah, sure. not not without respect to the interests of the council mm-hmm. uh and uh, other actors in the city but the mayor is the one who decides you know ultimately what's on the city council's agenda um so that's, that's, that's very, another that's another problem. leverage point yeah that's a leverage point for sure although it's if you overuse it, you will lose it very quickly. Um, You know, if you're not putting things on the agenda that should be on the agenda, and that people believe should be on the agenda, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of opposition that's going to rise up very quickly. So you have to be sensitive to what people are interested in talking about.
1: So
2: this process has really taken a lot of the politics out of the day to day operations of city government, right? I mean, I don't know the history going back, I think it was in the 30s that this system was essentially uh started. And before that, they just I guess the mayor just ran things or something like that. Well, I, I mean,
0: many city, I mean, we have a what's called a council manager form of government. So we have a city council and then the city manager reports to the city council. Um and, and then the rest of it works pretty much like I was saying before. Um, that's a very tried and true model. It's used up and down the North Shore. It's used around Chicago. Um, I think the difference here, one of the differences here uh, versus a lot of the communities around us is it's all volunteer. The only person who's getting paid is the mayor and the mayor's getting a token amount of ten dollars a year. Uh, and that's just because there's a state law that says the mayors have to be compensated hope you're adjusting uh, to that
2: loss of income there, George.
0: um, (laughs) I'm working on it. I've given up my daily Starbucks or my monthly Starbucks. (laughs) I'm going to hometown now.
3: Oh, yeah, there you go. And and (laughs) that has been why the hometown, as well as Lake Colonial, as well as uh, Sophia's Steak, uh, have been tremendous additions to Lake Forest. Uh, And these came in during your time. And I got to really congratulate you for taking the town from being a bit of a uh, restaurant desert, Uh, To being a really uh, top-flight, great restaurant destination.
0: Well, it's interesting as the people started to move up from the city, and as our residents who were large clients of these places uh, down in the city Mm -hmm. stopped coming, the restaurants came to their clients, and um, and that that really and those two with you know two restaurant operators of that caliber, Mm -hmm. others have been attracted. And we've seen things like hometown. We've seen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the expansion of the Peanut Gallery. We've seen the two new restaurants open up out uh, in uh, in um, oh, Settlers yeah. Square, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, we've had ten new restaurants open. I think it's now up to eleven. Um, yeah, Duffer's, in the last Pub three years.
3: A, Duffer's Pub has been a tremendous. Right. Duffer's is well, another one, right? Uh, you know, is a is a low uh, low uh, low. Um, uh as, uh as a fun place uh right. as well as uh, having the having the golf simulators there what a
2: great way to get people that's cool that's very yeah. cool even though i embarrassed myself when i played but uh <laughs> well and then that's the a roll good
0: up to... doors you know the roll-up doors the patio at the colonial uh the, the patio outside authentico you know, it, we haven't really had the weather for it yet. Um, I suppose we have. I've been gone a, lot, a couple of weeks during June when I hear the weather was quite nice. But um, but it's going to be, and if, if we are successful, I shouldn't say we anymore, if the city is successful uh, in attracting, uh, there is a restaurant operator looking very closely at another site in Market Square. There's another restaurant operator that's working hard on the old mobile station across from the Deer Path.
3: Oh please, please, please do something there.
0: I <laughs> that's mean, that's like, one of my that's one of my <laughs> longstanding I know it's it's uh, it's a very difficult situation that has to do with environmental issues and so forth. But it could easily be converted to a you know a a, a restaurant operation, and once uh, some of these environmental issues are sorted out, and the operator who's looking at it uh, has experience doing that in those kinds of facilities. So. We got our fingers crossed for those two, um, but, but there's, George, you're, you're there's still more uh, coming. There's George, still more coming.
2: This is um, this is a great segue into a hot topic that a lot of people are are talking about, and understandably so. The, the CBD, the Central Business District, the um, redevelopment. The plan commission recently moved forward on uh, on uh, a plan, a thumbnail, if you will, and, and stuff. And there was a little bit of debate and understandable because people um, are concerned about change. But I know you've been very involved with this over the years in the various hats you've worn, as well as your, bus- your, your, your business experience lends to this. So I'm just, what's your take on redevelopment of the central business district and where you see it 5 years from now 10 years from now 20 years from now uh
0: well the redeveloping market square is off the table i mean that's you know if if anybody suggests that that's what's going on they're just they're just stirring the pot um we have a number of underutilized sites in our downtown particularly uh along deer path and you know south of deer path from Basically, Oakwood east to uh, um, to Western, and then uh, at the north end of the down, not at the north end of the downtown, but in the sort of the, the out what they're calling the inner circle, uh, down to Wisconsin, around where hometown is, mm-hmm. and there are a number of building, buildings in those quadrants or in those in those areas that are uh, of low quality mm-hmm. and uh, are in, not in good condition. And in are not attractive. And, um, you know, so there's that. There's also, um, you know, the story of the banks in this town is a fascinating sort of uh, tale. In around the, for the early 2000s, late 90s, mostly early 2000s, we were being overrun by banks. Um, and everybody was complaining about all the banks. And the banks had a lot of money. They wanted Lake Forest money. And they would do pretty much anything to get a branch office opened here. And we knew this wasn't going to last, but we thought, okay, and, and we can't really stop it as long as they're following our codes, which they were generally, but we can manage it. You know, we can say, okay, you can't put a stock bank branch, you know, a, a, a bank in a box branch on the corner. Uh, it's got to be a fungible building that can be used for something else after you're not there anymore. And you have to put in things like uh, pocket parks and connectors and and little pathways and Frankly, hometown is in one of those buildings. I mean, the home, that building is a perfect example of how those new rules that we put in place worked. That was the old Ferrari dealer, um, and uh, you know, it was a car dealership, a, a garage, and uh, the owners followed the uh, the new rules that we had put in place and built it with the little patio and the little passageway and the drive-through, and it's really a lovely building. Is the and 10% it, has, it still, has a bank in it, you know, <laughs> what do you know? Is,
3: is the 10% rule still in effect?
0: Uh, yes, I believe somewhere along the way we narrowed the scope of it a little bit. We made it a little smaller area. I, that's, that's kind of a vague recollection on my part, but it only covers really the core of the downtown area. And that was in response to an earlier wave of, uh, sort Real of non-retail retail uses so, uh and we applied the new special use permit rules that I was talking about a second ago to all those same businesses real estate offices brokerages law firms mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. one of the things that's happening in in uh in real in retail right now is we're getting a lot of new kind of uses in shopping centers more service uses like what if a veterinarian wanted to open up in Market Square you know do we apply this 10 percent rule to that um you know we have I don't this isn't likely to happen in Market Square, but, you know, swimming pool, you know, um, uh, swimming facilities, private swimming facilities are a, a big new thing. Climbing gyms. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal the other day about that. So retail is constantly changing. The definition of retail changes. Um, we just look at the sales tax. The city typically has just looked at does it generate sales tax or does it not generate sales tax? And, right. that's, and, and, and that's what we apply the 10 percent rule to. Our, our so retail-
3: what does this play? Sorry, retail, is, retail is still uh, is still lagging. I mean, we've had tremendous success with the restaurants. Uh, the banks are doing well. A lot of the other ones are doing well, but retail still seems to be a, a problem in downtown Lake Forest.
0: Well, there are a couple of vacancies that have been there for a while. They are all spoken for at one level or another. Um, <clears throat> the I I there I I believe this is p- common knowledge, but the old J Crew space is has been. Uh, is being taken over by another national high quality clothier, uh, which will I think bring a whole new uh you know, they take it from this that would be helpful uh, retailer. Yeah. takes a different position than what we have in in Market Square for now. Um, you know, the old uh Fleet Pete's uh I call it the toy station space. I'm dating myself. Yeah, uh that is that is uh being carefully studied for uh, potential restaurant use. So it's just, Mm -hmm. you have a very well uh, capitalized, it's the Ohio State Teachers Pension Plan is the ultimate owner of Market Square. They're very sophisticated. They're holding out for the kinds of tenants they want. They want to really, to use a word I hate, they want to really curate the tenant roster in Market Square and they're willing to take their time to do it. I know there was controversy when the bookstore relocated down the street and that store sat there for a while, and then what? Lululemon. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's a massive improvement. And we still kept the bookstore, so I think, um, you know, it's that kind of strategic thinking. It's taking time. They're very patient. They're very long term owners, and I think it's going to work out well in the end. Um, going back to uh, to Joe's question, what's happening is we are systematically going through, or have been going through, the whole the whole comprehensive plan. And I think we should probably change the name of it to, to conceptual plan as opposed to comprehensive plan. But that's just what, that's what it's always been called. And it's a conceptual plan. Well, and not just the CBD we're looking at, we took a break during COVID, but we've looked at route 60, the route 60 component of it. We had a task force for that. We had a task force for uh settler square area and uh, that work is done. Actually, um, uh, you know, Jack Reisenberg, former uh, alderman, led the Route 60 uh, task force. So it's been it's it's an ongoing process. We're doing a, comp, a complete review of the comprehensive plan sector by sector. The CBD is the sector that's being worked on right now. And uh, but people forget, I think maybe conveniently, that the comprehensive plan is not our zoning code. It, that is not the rule book it is the concept plan. Mm-hmm. These are private properties that are owned by private people who have private interests and they can do what they want with their money. And so we can't dictate to them uh, you know, what they build. They come to us, they make proposals, hopefully within our zoning code. And we say, okay, that works or that doesn't work with our zoning code and here, we jawbone back and forth with uh, various boards and commissions to try to make the project the best it can be, and um, uh, but that's all governed by our zoning code. And so changes to things like design parameters and that kind of thing that's in the zoning code. So the process is we review the comprehensive plan, set long term direction, and then, and I'm I'm anticipating this will happen sort of block by block because of the way the comprehensive plan update to the CBD has been put together, and if you've read it, um, it is literally block by block, um, setting some objectives for those blocks. And then those the, the effort to detail those objectives into the zoning code will be, after it's reviewed by the city council, will be remanded back to the plan commission generally for recommendations for changes to the zoning code. And all that's going to happen in a whole long series of public meetings. So the notion that we should put all these parameters and details into a conceptual plan, it's just going to buy bo- First of all, it's not what the plan is designed for. Second of all, it's going to bog down the process, which may be the intent um, so that it makes it very difficult to build anything. And uh, the problem is again, they're private properties. If people are scared off from improving replacing enhancing changing their properties you're going to have the unintended consequence of preserving properties that are not that, that aren't desirable to preserve and i'm not going to name names but we all know what the ones that, that are there and then some other properties that are extremely underutilized um that and have, hadn't have an ap- actually have some significant open space to them mostly used for surface parking right now um are also like something's going to happen to those over the next 10 years these the owners of those buildings are not using them so uh we need to have a we need to have objectives you you don't want to be in a position where you get blindsided by something and you don't have a plan you know or because you're still arguing over it
3: <laughs> so you know, one of one of the issues that've been discussed over the years for the central business district you know and I've been a tenant in the central <clears throat> business district for 30 years uh is to try to uh, change the infrastructure to make it more pedestrian friendly Uh, One of the problems that we have, and I will tell you, I know it sounds like a minor thing, snow removal. Mm -hmm. We we don't have good, Lake Bluff has better snow uh, removal than we do. Uh, I've got an office building or I've attended an office building uh, on Deer Path. And quite often uh, it's difficult for my clients to be able to walk here in the wintertime because there's ice and snow all over the sidewalk. Not in front of my building, my landlord Mr. Altunian does a very good job of snow removal, but the Shell station next door does not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, because there is no unified uh, removal of snow uh, and ice, uh, I think that the um, uh, the result is that it's difficult for pedestrians to get around in the winter here, and the winter here is a very long time. Yeah,
0: well, it's Chicago. Um, yeah. You know, also it depends – on how the snow falls and what time of the day it falls and what happens after the snow falls. But, you know, that's something, you know, the details of how we have our CBD snow removal plan is something that, uh, you could definitely, should definitely be brought up, you know, go to the city council, go in public comment and say, Hey, I, I think this is an area where we should make some improvements.
2: Yeah. So, Cause I, you know, so coming Dallas from Point. Morton Grove, we had, uh, we had a similar challenge with, uh, redeveloping Dempster street and, it would be a hodgepodge of of landlords and some uh, shoveled the snow and some didn't. So when we created the, it was a TIF and we used some of the funds we allocated that our public works department took, you know, they got a one of those sidewalk plows and, and they take care of the sidewalk throughout the whole Dempster street uh, commercial area there. So that might be obviously that, but that costs money right and time and well, we and, have
0: all the equipment I mean all, we have you know, all that equipment because we take care of the sidewalks all over town um right. in the CBD it's and you know it's technically uh you know a, a property owner's responsibility but when it affects mm-hmm. others you know maybe you maybe you change that around a little bit i, I would raise that with uh you know with the current administration yeah do you have
2: to, <laughs> you're already deflecting go new
3: guys it's the new guy's problem. <laughs> Hey, We're yeah. also, also, <laughs> um, uh, also going to put. We're also going to put some different paving on the uh, cross deer path to make the um, uh, crossings of deer path more obvious to uh cars. Uh, I think this was a proposal at one point uh, to put in uh, brick pavers and and other ways of yeah. That's, pedestrians I, that's on its.
0: That's on its way. Um, I. If I, I, my, it's amazing how quickly we lose track of some of these things. But my recollection is we got a grant um, to do a lot of that work. The plan is already there. Uh, it's probably out on the city's website somewhere. Uh, it was just looking for funding. It was it was basically grant dependent, um, and and we found, we got a grant for I think it's a couple of million dollars um, to do uh, to to help fund that work. This, it, by the way, one of the things that has happened uh, in the last four or five years, and I give actually Jason and Elizabeth Hollib, who's the finance director, a ton of credit for this. Mm-hmm. They have gotten extremely good at uh, sourcing and obtaining grant money. We've had, and also working with other state institutions to, uh, you know, to get things done here that we don't have to directly pay for. So it's been millions and millions of dollars. I mean, the whole. Um, the whole Deer Path and 41 project, which was about 12 million oh dollars. Yeah. That that was an IDOT project. The city, you know, we paid for it indirectly through our state taxes, but uh, you know, that's a project that's gonna benefit this city for the next mm-hmm. 75 years that uh we didn't have to pay a dime for in terms of direct expenditures. So
2: so one of the other areas that people uh have been talking about with the this- cbd redevelopment and and everything is parking because if you're going to bring in all these businesses you you got to have for a place for the customers and the workers uh to park there's nights it gets to be a challenge parking for duffers because jewel doesn't want people parking in their lot so what what's your take because i know there's a lot of discussion about parking garages and and what the parking options are what's your take on what should be
0: done well i think I would sort of defer to the uh, work of the comprehensive plan. It's, it's in there. Um, I've seen it. It's out there for anybody to look at. Uh, We already have a situation. I mean, the parking lot behind city hall used to just have yawning vacancy all the time. Now it's never got any vacancies. Uh, So, and if we continue, if another restaurant comes into market square, if another restaurant goes over by the deer path and Francesca's there, um, and other things happen, you know, further north and south. Uh, it is, we're, we're at a point now where it's tolerable, but it's not great. And uh, you don't want to have lots of empty parking spaces. Uh, that's not a good look either. I mean, you know, everybody likes to eat in a crowd. People like to shop in a crowd. Uh, there's nothing better looking to me as a person who has spent a lot of time in the retail real estate world. There's nothing better looking to me than a full parking lot. But um, but it's it, it does affect convenience and it can affect, uh, you know, retailers and restaurant businesses if people are you know, having a hard time parking. So um, but there are ways to do it that are not offensive. And, you know, the the uh, the demagoguing and the hyperbole that's been surrounded, that this has surrounded this question is really irresponsible, we have grade changes that are very clearly that make it very easy to put in a basically a single story parking structure that doesn't look like a parking structure uh, because you just go a half grade. You have have a level below grade and that's your first level. And then the second level is just basically at grade. Um, Would you put it on the can,
3: court a lot? Where, where, where do you think we could put something in like that?
0: well i think the the uh the lot behind city hall is definitely that would be my is a good one. candidate is a good candidate for that because it slopes to the north you know it slopes down as it goes north so um so that's one it, it, it's just we're going to have to get creative we had that issue in a big way over by the deer path where francesca's is in chase bank years ago and you know that parking lot was mm-hmm i was around for that it was yeah. mildly controversial but not terribly so once people saw what it was going to be and it's become it's full all the time so yeah. obviously people are using so it we're
2: we're not going to pave paradise and put up a parking lot
0: i think a five-story parking structure probably is is a good idea just, just i didn't really mean that <laughs> and that was uh, one, and that was a sponsor. sarcasm sarcasm <laughs>
2: flatters society of viewers <laughs> that, that was one of the that space
3: that that particular lot was also an environmental issue Uh, yes
0: and it was it was delayed significantly it was a former gas station like the lot across like actually there were gas stations on three corners of that when i moved here in 89 there were three gas stations on each of those three corners across from the deer path now there are none there's a restaurant a parking garage and an empty gas station so yeah um Uh but no i if if you're
3: right. that's been a successful a a successful and i I, right i I remember as well i I was on the chamber of commerce at the time and it was there was some comment and some uh criticism of it uh just for the idea of having a parking structure at all uh but the truth is it's very it's perfectly attractive it's not a bad spot at all by any standard
0: and Uh, if you you integrate it
3: same thing behind the city hall uh or on the quarter lot which is over at wisconsin right um either way would uh, help relieve the parking issues the problem with the lot behind the city hall though is the baptist church
0: well not the uh, that that's that could be worked that's a, around, just a, this something you have to work around yeah no. the, they're I not mean, a the, problem let's be clear key, yeah, i'm sorry yeah, no that problem. we love it's a,
2: it's, a,
3: it's yeah are, they're great
0: people we love we love the baptist church and we've taken very good care of it over the years the comprehensive plan report that's available on the website uh, is very clear about parking that it is to be concealed it is to be built inside the envelope of buildings it is to be not a prominent feature on the street and to the extent that it is it needs to be you know carefully concealed and designed so uh, you know there's just a lot of there's a lot of people there's just a lot of folks who are afraid of they only pretty clear to me they haven't really read the report uh and they I'm don't sure. really understand what it is so um you know they're just they're just using using it as a way to get leverage for whatever they want i'm not sure what they want but
1: so, sounds there. like so, agenda man. speak george the, the people that watch this show it's not enjoy lake forest this is uh guys sitting at the bar tipping one back and having a conversation so people can consume this information and not yawn okay so you do have to you know liven things up
0: i'm a very boring person if you talk to joe he'll tell you my conversations at the bar are very similar to this that's true well
1: i'm I'm stepping in this ain't npr george (laughs) So, so so george people use the term and acronym cbd OK, mm-hmm. when we talk about this, you know what it means. Joe knows what it means. But the guy in the street thinks it's weed. OK, mm-hmm. so we go.
2: To- <laughs> well, maybe that's something we can open in, like in, Mar- in, yeah, uh, in Lake Forest.
1: We get, there we 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 go. get we, CBD
2: at CBD. That'll be the name. Or, the or, CBD the Lake Forest, CBD. or we'll call it the Lake Forest Oasis. I don't know. I, we got a business idea here, George. Now you
0: can take that up with the current
2: administration.
0: <laughs> I, I don't believe
2: that is a permissible use right now. No, it's not.
0: I, not. That was one of the shortest that was one of the shortest decisions I've ever seen made by the city council and a wise about, one I think. About a nanosecond to make that decision. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well again, we're calling it the CBD. People don't know what that means. Okay? There's probably and relative to 20,000 people in Lake Forest there's probably a handful that knows what's what's going on. So we're trying to educate them. So the central business district, what is it? What does that encompass? Is it Market Square to City Hall what what is the area that that take, takes care of
0: It's basically starts at, at the south end it starts on Vine and at the north end it really goes all the way up to Alden um and uh but the core of it is the Market Square you know those four four or five blocks around Market Square and what what they're calling the inner core but it, or the inner ring it's um you know I, I know a lot of people who refer to going to, going uptown in, in Lake Forest hmm. um, yes. or downtown, but, you know, back in the day when you said downtown, people thought you were talking about Chicago. So yeah,
3: that's, that's yeah, exactly. And,
0: and they talk about the Chicago CBD all the time too. I mean, it's a, it's a well-known sort of real estate term of art, you know, planning you know
2: uh, maybe I, I said this yeah. I think last week maybe we, they, they can have a contest to come up with a name for the area and we we had a couple uh ones like uh, what was it Market we Square did, circle or well we did have by the way they did do a settler square
3: for the right. West Lake Forest one which was this and people do refer to that as settler square that's been that was successful.
0: And, and, and interesting the history I mean forgive me but the history of that is that the first settlers in Lake Forest were there not not over by where we are now. Yeah. It was uh and that's why St. Patrick's Church is the first, you know, really the first church in Lake
1: yeah. So so the issue with the central business district is you have empty storefronts that the owners are more netting more to have them not filled than filling them up. Is that the issue?
0: Well, they're just holding out for the perfect tenant. So yes. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, the perfect tenant's gonna pay them more than the less perfect yeah. tenant.
1: <laughs> so, um, so, so this—I just want to make sure I'm on to this. So, the small businesses that could go in there can't afford the rents, right? So there has to be—is that tr- most of them, unless you're a chain?
0: Well, there are different. There are different rents in different parts of town. So if you want to be right on Market Square, that's—it's like you want a house on the lake, or are you willing right. to be in, uh, you know, another neighborhood that's not as precious? And uh, some retailers feel like they want their house right on Lake Michigan in Market Square, and they're willing to pay the price and able to pay the price. Uh, that's a risk because the cost of that rent becomes a cost of their of their, you know, profit model or an expense in their profit model. It means their sales have to be good. So right? And it's it's a constant churn. Retailers try things, they move, they move into places. I don't know that Williams Sonoma knew that they were going to be as successful as they've been when they moved into that space, but they did it. They've been, you know, it's one of their one of their top stores in the country. Uh Lululemon, same story, you know, I didn't know if they were feeling like this town had enough people in it to uh, you know, to power their business, What they found out was that the pe- there may not be as many people here, but they have big wallets. So, yeah. and we have really a couple like-
2: Lululemon shoppers in my house. So, yeah. I a lot of, a lot of demand for yoga that. pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yoga uh, pants. Everywhere. Except <laughs> except so, on I this
3: podcast. No, This new, no, this new retailer,
0: work. this new retailer that's going into uh, Jake, the old Jake Cruise space is gonna is is taking a gamble. Um,
2: it's tough because online shopping has really, you know affected a lot of retail uh, elsewhere. I mean, you know, cities that used to have great sales tax revenue from shopping are really scrambling. And we haven't had that hit because we're more reliant on the property tax, but it still could affect. I mean, there's stores that could have gone into Market Square years ago that may not now because of online shopping, right?
0: Uh, well, actually, it's the the trend is going the other way now. Um, really? Okay, online shopping, cool. online shopping has leveled off at a sort of a I want to say something in the high teens in terms of total total market share, and uh, and the non the 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 online only retailers have found that the cost of acquiring uh, customers strictly through online e- efforts is extremely high, much much higher than uh, than having a storefront, and then integrating the storefront into their online business where you can do, you know, buy order from the store and have it delivered to your house, uh, buy online and return it to the store. That interface uh, really is is something the customer wants and is, and is, uh, and is powering their sales. So the, the optimal model is to have a, a robust online capability integrated with your, with your storefronts. And so actually retail storefronts are, are very precious right now retail occupancies nationwide i think are at, at record levels
2: that's great um, i mean I, I but you then you do see like these malls like hawthorne you know out in malls, hills. Are different,
0: malls are a different situation entirely yeah
1: uh, guys getting back to the central business district okay how what are the lo- lovers that you pull to get people to take take the storefronts have them Pay the rents or make it worthwhile to the landlord to take on a tenant, meaning TIFs, taxes. Yeah, well,
0: there, we've used, it, it, and I wouldn't say we're picking specific tenants so much as we're trying to achieve certain objectives with the outcome of the real estate. Uh, but Lake Forest has used a lot of different tools over the years. Uh, we've used TIFs on two occasions very successfully. Uh, it's interesting uh, at our going away dinner. Uh, the city staff put together a 30-year retrospective, which I hope they're going to post on the city website. I, I really do. It's really, really powerful. It just goes back and shows what Lake Forest looked like in the, around 1990 versus what it looks like today. And uh, you know, the west side area, Settlers Square, clearly was a was a backwater. Uh, it was just just not attractive at all. It's much much better today. Downtown Lake Forest, we didn't have strong signage ordinances. we didn't have uh, any kind of cohesion in our uh, in our uh, design uh, recommendations and controls. and the downtown looked far inferior to what it looks like today and it's visible in the pictures. And so the notion that this change is bad uh, right. is is really is really misguided. I mean, change has been very good for this city because we've managed it well. And uh and we are living in a much, much nicer community than we lived in than I moved into thirty-five years ago. And
1: obviously this is way better than inner city Chicago. It, <laughs> I I love it. But getting it's way there, better than
2: Highland Park.
1: But what are what are, what <laughs> are the, <laughs> hold on, How do we what are the issues that are gonna come up? Because yes, as Joe says, the Flat Earth Society, whoever moved in, they want to be the last ones moving in. I, I get it, they don't want any changes, but what are the things that are going to pop up so we can get ahead of the curve and educate people what's going on?
0: Okay. Well, we've parking. We've got, parking's one. We've got some issues with some buildings that are um need to be redeveloped at some point. We don't know when. We don't Again, we don't control this real estate. The city doesn't own this stuff. Um uh, we have to sort of guy you know i it's like bumpers at a bowling alley you know that's 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 kind of our level of specificity that we can control um the post office is a good example you know there've been rumors over the years that the post office was going to relocate to a storefront um they tell us we go to them probably once a year and ask about that and in recent years they've told us nothing's happening there because how they make their money these days is on bulk mail and Lake forest is a large out outsized recipient of bulk mail because all the bulk mailers selling, sending their catalogs and things want to have Lake forest customers. So um, that actually is a, a functioning post office that I guess is covering its nut according to the post office. Yeah. But you know, times change and it's a beautiful building and we would certainly want to preserve it, but it's an industrial building on the inside. And it doesn't have the amenities you would need to put in a restaurant or retail, and it'd be very costly to do that in such a historic building. So that's a case where, in the future, if somebody came to us with a proposal to put uh, a desirable, you know, a use that the city desired in there, uh, we might find some ways to to help them out a little bit. We've done that. But you
2: did that with Lake late Colonial, right? That was an uh, old historic slightly, building. Yes,
0: slightly, you know, as long yes, as long as they achieve sales that are about double what the prior restaurant was generating. Um, we rebate to them a small portion of their sales taxes. Uh, and
3: we let them have a blue awning.
0: Well, that's another story that, yeah, that's the kind of, that's how these processes can go awry. There was a
3: classic one. No, we like green. Uh, they wanted blue. <laughs> they, went, they got blue.
0: That, that private property owner, spent 6 million dollars to completely gut renovate one of the most historic oh. structures in our community to make it viable for the next 100 years whether or not they succeeded as a restaurant it turned out to be very successful but nobody was sure of that at the time but they did go ahead and replace all the plumbing all the electric all the air conditioning rebuilt the inside of the building to be functional for the modern day uh redid the outside of the building i mean it, it, that that's our old fire station. Yeah. You know, that's Huge our project. And I, I've been there for front dinner front
2: with people and they, they don't believe me when I tell them this used to be a fire station. Oh,
3: the, the yeah. whole up, the, what, what was the market club, the ups, what was right. the upstairs on the, when you walk into the left, it um, is completely gone. The whole the whole
0: floor is gone.
2: Right. <laughs> right. But <laughs> it turned out really nice. I mean, as you said, and it's and, a, it's and a if property the price is going to last.
0: If the price of that was that we were going to get double the sales taxes Mm -hmm. And then after we got double the sales taxes, we would rebate a small portion of that for anything above that doubling. That seemed like a pretty fair, you know, and and it was important to them for the city to show our desire to have them here. And and that was that was enough. And it's just a very small uh, sort of token. uh, But each of these things
2: things is is publicly deliberated. Right. So it's not like it's going to be. Done in a yeah. in a in the back yeah. room, and they're going to sneak this in. One day you're going to see yeah. something bulldozed or something. Every one of these projects that could come to fruition as a result of the plan that uh, the plan commission has now adopted, I assume now it goes to the city council.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: every one of every single thing is going to have the full public. Input and discussion on, and I suspect some things will go through, but some things might not. Right? I mean,
0: the blue, the blue awning, down to the detail of what color is the awning on the Colonial. That's how that's how the public discussion went. I mean, oh yeah, it's. This,
2: I'm glad I wasn't in on that meeting. Uh, oh boy. Actually, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad
3: that the Ohio State uh, Pension Fund uh, was willing to accept the blue awning.
0: Well, that's actually not their building.
3: Ah, okay, that's outside of their uh, yeah, their Market Square.
0: That building and the old Marshall Field building are not actually part of the Market Square. Oh, okay. Assets hmm. that that Ohio State uh, teachers owns. So- Guys, getting this mm-hmm.
1: back parking. Uh, the HPC is it the HPC or whatever the zoning that you know they want to keep these hundred-year-old buildings up, no matter what the cost. What is the third issue?
0: Um. Well, I I mentioned it before, how do we manage our way through hopefully replacing some of the buildings that don't fit? Hmm. And some of them have arguable historic significance. Some Argu- of them
1: arguable, don't. arguable. You know, I mean, on, you on get into on the Howard north, Van Doren, Doren Shaw sneezed
2: here, so we should save yeah, the building, yeah. well, you yeah. know, stuff like but, that. But a lot of them don't.
0: <laughs> and if we and if we write the rules in such a way that nothing can change, that means you're also preserving all the things that we don't really want to preserve. So you can't paint with a broad brush. It's it's, yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's block by block, sort of site by site, and that's how these things get resolved. It's I often comes ask with a proposal on a particular site.
2: I often have asked whether it's here or other communities when, they, when there's controversy about redevelopment and change and stuff. And it obviously it's human nature to resist change. But um, you know, what's the year you want the city to be frozen in? Is there a specific year you want? Because we could go back in time, and I think you, you, some of the attitudes now would keep Market Square from being built.
0: Well, the beach was hugely controversial. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't think the beach was a good idea. Yeah, very uh, expensive. A lot of money at the time. It looked like a, now it looks like a pipsqueak investment, and and what we've gotten for it is beyond belief. But beautiful. That's the kind of thing. It's hard for people to see forward, uh, and so um, just trust in the processes. Really, is my view. Uh, this this town has very robust processes. Actually, they're so robust that I know a lot of people in the real estate business that won't come anywhere near here, which is a big problem. Uh, we, people complain that we only have a handful of people that are developing and operating in the city. Well, that's because mm-hmm. we only have a handful of people that are willing to put up with, you know, the the gauntlet that we run them through.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, Mr. And understand Mr. it
0: well T- enough to work with it.
1: George, did Mr. T screw it up? And now you got these 17 standards, okay? Because he, he was cutting down Buckthorn mm-hmm. or what? what it's just, the pendulum is starting to swing back. How do we loosen it up, put g- grease this up a little bit? Because I don't know what you want to call them. The small fraction that makes 80% of the noise and slows things down, they keep pointing to, to, to this stuff. How do we correct that? Do we just stall things forever?
0: Well, I, I'm I can't uh I can't tell future city councils what to do. Yeah, I could. You can tell. uh, I have a. I full in full in in the interest of full disclosure, I was on the committee that created the HPC, and I was involved in creating and or we didn't create the seventeen standards. We found standards from other sort of uh, uh, best in class communities, and we adopted them. In retrospect, I I should have realized. I think we as a committee should have realized that seventeen. If there are seventeen standards, yeah. Any project, there's going to have two or three of them that you can use to block the project. And so I do think there probably needs to be a look at, at maybe consolidating those 17 standards into something that's a little more oh, boy. manageable. <laughs> oh um, so no, George,
2: there gonna be pickets outside your house. <laughs> I didn't I didn't say eliminate
0: the standards, I said consolidate them <laughs> and eliminate eliminate duplications. I think there's a fair amount of redundancy in the standards. So that's just me, though, as a private citizen, having having lived with with it. With I mean, the they, they, they tried to use. Work. I mean, so.
2: didn't it almost kill the veterans' memorial? Even I mean, they were like trying to. I guess they abstained on. Well, it or there
0: were. Well, there's been a tendency to, uh, as I say, design from the dais, and uh, that never works. And so, uh, you know, they really need to, and, and that's true of all the boards and commissions, and 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 they get instructed on this when they, you know, when people join them. Your well, job on a board or commission is to respond to proposals that are put in front of you. If it's a non-starter, you can say this is a non-starter. If you could say this is good with some modifications in this direction. But when you're telling them what color to paint something or how many stripes to have on their uh you know window moldings or how many how many you know uh yeah columns they should have on the front of the building, that's outside that's now you're now you're doing the architect's work and um and, and that's not that shouldn't be done by a committee i can show you some places around town where effectively that's what happened and it did not come out well
1: yeah so so, so george we're getting close to the end how are you on time are you a hard stop
0: i got all day
1: oh sh- <laughs> all <right. laughs>
2: are you retired from your work too
1: or are you just
0: uh yes I I'm, I'm starting to do a few things again but yeah I retired from my career in uh July of 2021 and spent the last 2 years just hey, basically Hey prepared. you could be a
2: co-host of the podcast.
0: I look <laughs> forward to joining you December
2: 31, yeah.
0: Oh good, Ooh. congratulations.
2: I got a long way to
1: go. be <laughs> <It's> nice. <more. laughs> Somebody <laughs> I'm counting the months. <laughs> we need more chefs in this kitchen. So so George <laughs> You know, part of what we want to do is educate the, you know, the people that are listening because occasionally something funny happens on the show. (laughs) Be a mayor, you get paid 10 bucks. Do you just run for mayor? Like what is the process? We had 1400 families move in and they're like, you know what? I'm going to join the newcomers club or I'm going to join the caucus. (laughs) What's the process?
0: Um, well, really, the caucus drives the process. Uh, in my case, you know, I my first my first job, quote unquote, with the city was uh, I went on the zoning board as just a board member in 1993. I filled out a little card. They did an open call. Card came in the mail. It said, "Would you be interested in helping out?" I filled out the card. They interviewed me, and three years later, they asked me if I'd be interested in being on the zoning board. Um, and from there, I became chairman of the zoning board, then chairman of the plan commission, uh, you know, did a bunch of ad hoc committees like the HPC one that I mentioned before. Uh, then I was out of the city government for five years from 2005 to 2000, yeah, 2005 to 2010. And then I was drafted uh, to come back and lead the uh, the restructuring board for the Gorton Center and uh, because they had essentially gone bankrupt. And there was a question of whether we were going to keep Gordon, and so uh, led that group for I think about nine months, something like that, Uh, and then turned it over to a a permanent board, and they've just done extraordinary work. Um, They now have a multi-million dollar endowment, which they had, you know, a zero dollar endowment back beforehand, uh, and great programming. So that's been that's been good, and then that sort of brought me back into the public. light and i was asked to become an alderman and then i was chair chairman of the finance committee when i was an alderman for six years so dealt with all the pension issues and uh uh difficult city finances at that time because the state was so unreliable uh anyway we've so we've built a a wall you know we've built a moat around us financially around ourselves financially over the years and then uh 2019, the caucus asked me if I'd consider running for mayor. I had told them that I was not interested in prior years uh because of my career. But um I thought, well, the time, the circumstances were such that I, you know, they kind of said, Would you please do it this time? We really would like you to do this. And I said, Okay. So it's it's volunteer that's, that's the process I experienced.
1: <laughs> so so it's volunteers trying to find volunteers because we're complaining about. Uh, let's just say HPC. Okay, my experience, you know, because I'm a nerd. I watch all the all the shows that the city puts on. I love enjoy Lake Forest. I enjoy enjoy Lake Forest. Um, mm-hmm. and the HPC comes on, and there, my opinion is, you can clearly see where an agenda is going. Subjective things come into play, and it depends on the people that get elected to to go on these boards. So. We have to recruit, find volunteers, have more people to choose from. it 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 is what it is. Now, the question that I have is, do you think it's getting harder to find people to volunteer? Do you think we need, in your opinion, okay, do we do you, there there's forty three people, I think, nine nine in each, something like that, forty three on the caucus. If it's that hard to find people that want to volunteer, do you think it makes sense to reduce the amount of people on the caucus? Or is this one of those no comments?
0: Uh, The caucus is its own entity and they make their own, you know, they have their own view of what they um, need and should be. I know they've recognized openly that there were some gaps in their bylaws that have been exploited by certain people. Uh, to the caucus's detriment. So I believe it's, they're high on their agenda to do something about some of those gaps and and, and loopholes. Um, you know, I think it takes a certain, if you want to have visibility toward a good large pool of volunteers, it takes a lot of people uh, because it's all basically who knows who. Um, it also benefits the caucus when they have a, a, a balance of longer term residents and Newer residents, because we want new people coming into the city government all the time, we need that. But also, uh, you know, you want some some gray hair and some experience and some people who know their way around town. So um, that's all, uh, with respect, one of the things that I think is an easy trap to fall into is selecting people for boards and commissions almost strictly based on their personal areas of expertise. Um, so, for example, on the building review board, should they all be architects? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think so, because there's a certain first of all, there's levels of professional courtesy that sometimes inhibit the free flow of discussion in that circumstance. And also, we want people on the boards and commissions that represent the whole the interests of the whole community. And so it's not just your architect and having an architect or two on there is probably good having a complete and and I'm not saying this is the case with the building review board in fact it's not but uh but if it was all architects and designers mm. you know, I think that would be a problem and I think there's been a tendency or a trap that's been you know that people have fallen into and and I I bear some responsibility for this you know the mayor nominates these people uh the caucus surfaces them the mayor nominates them and the council approves them so you know the mayor is a big part of this However, I will say the mayor is somewhat beholden—or not beholden, but somewhat at the mercy of the of the talent that the caucus presents to the mayor, because the mayor doesn't know everybody in town. So. Right, and
1: and you you approve the people that come on board. I believe when people say the mayor really doesn't have power, that's bullcrap. You can, if you wanted to, you could reject all the people and only accept the people that you would want. Right. Oh yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to find volunteers. Does Someone came up with the number of nine for each ward, assuming every, the same population is in each ward. My, my point is, if you can't get people to show up to meetings, do you reduce the amount of people that you need to represent? Because if only half are passionate, then reduce the number to four to five in each. It's just, you know, my- you know,
0: honestly, I don't know how the, that number came to be. And, uh, I don't know that it's sacrosanct. Um, yeah. I do know that, I do know that there are nine people in this whole community who are elected by the whole, well, the caucus members are elected as well by the people in their ward, but there's only nine people in the whole city. Well, and then the school board, but there are nine people in the city government that are elected mm-hmm. by their, by their resident, you know, by their neighbors.
2: But every Lake Forest resident is by, uh, or every registered voter, I believe is the rule in, in Lake Forest, is a member of the caucus, right? Because I got a postcard a, a few months ago um, listing candidates in my ward for a uh, caucus committee, and it was a, a contested. Uh, Uh, thing in my ward so typically
0: uh, they have they say you know pick two out of three or two out of four and uh, they're always almost always like that and some people don't make it Um, but my point was going to be that you know there are only nine elected officials in the city government and um, and so ultimately those are the people who really all you know truly represent the community they all serve at large they don't serve Except when it comes to delivery of service, the aldermen don't serve, quote unquote, their fourth ward constituents or their first ward constituents. They serve at large. They serve the entire community, uh, you know, without regard to ward boundaries. Their job is to solicit input from their ward and to kind of report to the council what the people in their ward seem to be saying. But uh, they, it, it, this is not like the U.S. Congress, um, you know, where... <laughs> You know, you represent your district.
2: Um, And I don't think we want to go that direction, do we? No. Well, (laughs) well,
1: in order to correct some of the problems that are going on, look, I hate pointing fingers without offering a solution, a good one or bad one, okay? Because I I just want to see forward progress. If we don't have more people volunteering, then the selection pool becomes smaller and we accept bad breath when we should be taking no breath, (laughs) And we get people that come on and we we run into the these issues and something needs to be addressed now the caucus there isn't any the only oversight that I see of it is the power of you rejecting the you know the
0: people that they put put into place well they can they can they can choose not to renominate somebody
1: yeah um, yeah and
0: and part of their part of their mission is to monitor the behavior and performance of people on the boards and commissions and frankly the city council um, because their endorsement, you know, the endorsement of the caucus is pretty much definitive in, in, you know, in most of these cases. So especially for the elected offices, unless there's a, you know, opposition. So and but,
2: not only is the mayor term limited and the, and the alderman term limited, they, they, aren't all the commissions term limited as well? Yep.
0: All the boards and commissions are term limited. And again, all volunteers, uh, you know, so and yeah. that that serves to protect us against you know, the entrenchment of special interests. And then
1: the, the flip side of that, Mayor George, is you have all the people that know what's going on leaving and you have the newcomers club coming in that doesn't know anything. And we've talked about it. it, it this is what happens in politics. That's the flip okay. side of term limits. I mean, that's yeah, you know, that's...
0: yeah. that's the age-old debate, you know, yeah, uh, right? what's better, experience or new blood? And I think the one thing we, I think, if kind of could, most people would agree on is that having something called a political class, is, you know, that of permanently entrenched mm-hmm. politicians in our government, in any part of our government is really anathema to our Constitution and the way it was created. And, it, and it's mm-hmm. it's it, it, that's just that's just my pet peeve. I'm speaking I mean, personally it, at this point, but it, it um, has developed not, just the same. Though, But is there the a role- we have something called a political class in this country? The, the founders would be spinning in their graves. Is there
2: a role, george, for you've you've served, i mean, thirty plus years. i mean, even if even if you weren't mayor, your record of service is amazing to to the city over the years and and thank you for all of that. But is there a role for someone like you as a former mayor to maybe be of wise counsel? there's to, always to been folks? an
0: informal there's always been an informal sort of uh, the former mayors stick together and and provide some. <laughs> some input from time to time on important matters. Absolutely.
1: Can that advisory board be public? I mean, to hear what you guys are debating because you guys know everything. Because me, what I what I hear is you guys are getting together, sharing information and we're back here. People think the worst. Oh, you know, you're hiding information. Is there a way to have some type of advisory board that comes up and says, Hey, what do you, what, what do you guys think? And then you, you you I don't want to say pontificate, but you give your thoughts on it and the public can hear because eventually let's you know the the referendum, I know that's a whole other issue, but it would be interesting for somebody that's been here since 89 and has seen a lot of things going on, giving us the Benjamin Franklin list, the pluses and minuses of how, how you see it, versus uh getting the marketing things in the damn mailbox that says, okay, here's here's why you should vote for it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I'm glad it passed. Personally, I think it was a, a good thing to do. It's our probably second most historic building in the whole community after Market Square. And unfortunately, sort of like the library, it's been allowed to deteriorate to a point where it was going to be very expensive to to, to do the renovations and they weren't going to be sexy and, and, and visible to people. It's all infrastructure. And I'm sure there are great learning benefits to it, but there also is just, you know, historic preservation benefits to it. So, um, I'm glad that it passed. I was a little, I was a little surprised. It, it did not. It was not run like the last big rest, referendum that they did. It was a very different uh, initiative from the school board and the and the superintendent. It was done very differently, um, and you know, I don't. I, I'm not going to question. It worked. They got it passed, but um, by the narrowest was, of margins. I was a little He's surprised at how narrow the margin was.
1: 125, yeah. and with a couple twists. Probably from this podcast, I don't want to go there. That's not the reason we're
0: not it up there, George. But More of the story has, come on has the buyer's remorse. But well, I, I think... will say, I, I will say that the city and the we do work. The city does work closely with District One Hundred and Fifteen and District Sixty Seven, but they're very different. They're separate taxing bodies. I mean, my point. The thing I like to point out to people is, school district this uh, One Fifteen doesn't even have to follow our zoning codes. I mean, Illinois gives them. Great independence from city government, and um, we do work together on a co- you know cooperative basis. But the city was not involved in any meaningful way in the uh, in the referendum. But
2: the caucus does get involved in the school board slating too, right? They have some right. arrangement with the Lake Bluff caucus. I, I think I right. read somewhere.
0: Well, I think they split. They agree to have. I think the agreement is that they're two members of from Lake Bluff and five from Lake Forest or something. It's by reasonably by population, I, as I understand it. It's, it's not a, something it's i I've never really got involved in this agreement.
1: agreement. Sorry. What brought me. up to school, guys, was it would be nice to have some type of public forum, even if it's the ex-mayor club coming on and to be able to talk about <laughs> these issues so people can say, oh, okay, I get it. That's why. This is how I look at it versus, you know, behind the scenes. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not possible, but... Be a great
2: chamber breakfast, Mister Lesser. Yes, it would. That would be, uh, the ex, mayors, the ex mayors
3: panel <laughs> would be kind. Or of it could fun. be
2: like a Saturday Night Live skit. Remember the ex presidents on yes, Saturday exactly Night, night, night. They have like a clubhouse.
3: Is, they, all, you're all they all hang out together.
0: I will say, not not unlike our U.S. presidents, there is a there is a uh, an expectation of deference to the current mayor who That's was true. elected. Uh, That's true. You don't want to be of, right having
2: somebody uh, second guess street, everything so, you right. do.
0: Right. right. Well, second
1: guess is just offering it input because Well they want that input oh, to be hold on, private. Come on, guys. George, you <laughs> won an George, you won an election by I think what eighteen hundred votes out of City of Twenty Thousand.
0: Nobody okay. voted against me.
1: <laughs> but a hundred percent.
0: Landslide okay. George.
1: <laughs> no, but I, but the amount of voters that are available and I actually vote that give a crap to go do it uh, is very small. We have to get more people involved in order to get them involved. They have to consume the information. And I'm throwing out this word transparency. The, the, the way new government is being done, I point to the treasurer of Lake County. What's her name, Joe? Holly, Holly Kim. Kim. All right. Th- that's how I think. She's a Democrat. I would vote for her, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every question asked and answered. Ask her to come on. Sure, sure, no problem. You got any stipulations? No, I'm an open book. I don't know. The old guard is is hiding the information. The new
0: guard is giving it out there and letting people know what, what's going on. Well, I think I think if you watch the city council meetings, if you pay attention to the boards and commissions, if you go to our city website, I would tell you, spend an hour on the city website and then go spend an hour on the county website and tell me which one you understand better when you're done. There's no comparison.
2: Yeah, for every Holly Kim at Lake County, there's other ones that aren't nearly as uh, transparent as Holly.
1: My point is nobody's watching it, Mayor George. So all the information is there. People are lazy. They won't even go to vote. So there has to be some type of uh, mechanism to get that information out there if it's in one minute chunks 30 second chunks you know that that's what I, what i'm trying to do youtube videos yep right i mean you're a that, youtube
0: you, star you became we've a youtube made, star we've made <laughs> massive we've made massive improvements in the whole outreach and communication area and there's a lot more to come um you know hopefully all four of you or all three of you have uh have the lf now iPhone app. I do. Which I do. is mm-hmm. fabulous. Every pipe. Right. Um, you know, beach just, parking. Uh, we also... love it for
2: the beach parking uh, checking. Yeah, right.
0: That's that's actually driven a lot of downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you should be on the city's Friday uh, email blast, which all you have to do is on the front page of the city's website. Just sign up, give them your email address. But I people are assuming information. One thing that, we, that we've no talked Twitter about now. a lot
3: uh, on here is, uh, uh, George, is the, the lack of media. Uh, as compared it's to the good past, point. I mean, we used to have two newspapers in town. Yeah, uh, we used to have regular coverage, um, and now we have none. Uh, the Tribune's Lake Forester rarely has a story about Lake Forest in it. More stories about Mundelein than there are about Lake Forest. Uh, this podcast is one of the few means where uh, an average person uh, can listen to and learn something about the city and current events. Uh, we are like the new media, uh, and it, it's, it's been difficult.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weakness that, uh, it, and, and the other, the alternative is unfortunately a lot of people are getting their information from sources that really don't know anything, uh, who are spouting, <laughs> uh, oh, who, my are God. <laughs> spouting who are spouting things on, on Facebook and Instagram that are just wrong. And, yes. uh, And getting all kind of getting all wound up about falsehoods, you know, things that, oh, did you know that, um, you know, they're going to tear down Market Square next week? You know, oh, no. You know, and then all of a sudden you get 5000 responses until somebody says, where did you get that from? There's no. Well, a great
2: example was yesterday with the bear, the whole Bears stadium business for like six hours. We all thought the Bears were going to build the stadium in Lake Forest. And that all turned out to be. Uh, hogwash,
3: complete miscommunication.
2: Where would uh, farm? They were going to knock down Ella Farm. And build yeah, that, I mean, that,
3: oh, was, <laughs> that, that was one of the <laughs> silliest things. I mean, where would you put it?
2: I'm glad it was- Kevin, I'm glad the Bears spokesperson clarified that. That he, he, we, I think it was basically he said he was giving a speech somewhere and uh, he said, I got a call from Lake Forest, but what I, I, he meant their office at Hallis Hall yeah, in, Lake, in
3: Forest Lake Forest called him. Yeah.
2: And I think it's now come out what the community was that actually was and I, I forget it. Aurora, off the top. Was it Aurora? Aurora, yeah, Richard Urban, who I, I know we could, when he ran for governor, but um yeah could I mean that's the by the way. I, I, I kind of joked though I've I've joked with you guys in a text message that I think when that news hit, the our friends at the Flat Earth Society had an emergency meeting. They were they were uh, organizing <laughs> to to stop the Bears Stadium from being built in Lake Forest. That's how
0: reactive people can
2: get people to some of this stuff. Gas, you cannot,
0: <laughs> yes, you <sir. laughs> can. It's it's gotten uh, you know I, I, one of the things we've seen in national politics, and unfortunately, it's rearing its head here in Lake Forest is yeah. when you have. Uh, People who don't succeed at the ballot box, um, or don't succeed in getting what they want in, uh, you know, some other venue, the they turn around and seek to delegitimize the institution so that they can, you know, and 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 and, and you know, try to get control in some other way, sort of extrajudicial or or extra, uh, you know, democratic way, and it's 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 a it's just a a factor of our current way of life. It's very, it's very difficult, but we just have to all learn to deal with. Do it. Do you
2: think that scares a lot of people out of the process that we? Pete, Pete uh, talked a Absolutely. lot about the lack of people wanting to be involved. That they just Absolutely. shy away I mean, from
0: the controversy. No question, no question. The caucus will tell you that right, right off. They'll say, you know, hey, one of the reasons why we have trouble recruiting people for boards and commissions is they watch a few of the meetings and they see some of the things that go on and um, especially in these more controversial issues and they just don't want any part of it. They don't want to, they don't want to spend their private personal volunteer time that yeah, way. Yeah. I had to have
2: a, when we had a teacher strike, when I was on the school board, we had to have police cars in front of all the school board members houses. It got that. Right. Uh, right.
0: Nasty. So, well, you know, you ha- and it is because, it's infecting some institutions that are, um, that are historically have been very constructive uh, in town. And um, you know, we have, preservation groups here in town that have been very positive forces in the community for a long time. And now they're actually spending their donor money on legal costs to fight with the city. I mean, I don't think their donors, this is, this is donated for the purpose of preservation, you know, historical. Yeah. I mean, that's
2: a topic we really haven't touched on and I'm glad you brought it up yeah, because legal it's fees, something I've heard.
3: Legal fees are the highest
2: and best use of money. <laughs> if you hire a Rick Lesser. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's something you, you touched, You hit it right on the head, George, and we've been trying to get some more information on that. But and I understand when it's litigation, people can't comment on litigation. But the fact of the matter is there is that lawsuit in there and the it's, it's um, all these
1: same people. It's
2: they, all, but like, now they're taking the foundation. I don't, Herb,
1: I don't want the Westminster. I don't. It's hey, all the same people. Lock the box. Yeah. People,
2: and- Ladder society. But but they they're taking they've take they've upped the game and now they're they've been joined in this lawsuit. So there's money going to this foundation. Right. That's a private foundation that I think people gave um, not thinking it was going to be used for this. Right. I mean, that's that because we all want to preserve this has this town has a has a wonderful history and a, a lot of great things around town that have been preserved. and no one wants to get rid of that. And um, you know, it's it's a delicate balance of, you know, the phrase I like to use is you should be proud of your past but focused on the future that these things live and grow um to use them. but it's really the the whole thing about that foundation um, uh, and joining the lawsuit, uh, I think, rubs has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, in my opinion.
0: Well, and then, you know, they had a representative get up in front of the plan commission and say, well, we don't want five-story buildings like Highland Park has. Our zoning code is three stories max in the downtown, in the core, only in the core, and that's 35, 35 feet. feet. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, they're... Rooftop decks. I don't want light. <laughs> I don't want anybody to have fun we already Go, have all that we don't want we don't want outdoor music speakers at restaurants you know i mean yeah You know, i mean really. we could have ago,
2: rooftop decks for the bears stadium right yeah, yeah. four years ago the big Wrigley, complaint,
0: four years ago the big complaint was we need a more vibrant downtown four years mm-hmm. on we've had a little bit of success at improving mm-hmm. that factor and everybody's upset about various aspects of it so uh, none of which have done anything, in my opinion, but improve the quality of life of the residents of Lake Forest. That yep. goes
1: without saying, George. George, over this these past few years since we've been buds, what's one of the things that I've gotten wrong that you're like, that guy. You open up your Saturday morning email and you're like, that idiot. <laughs>
0: oh, where do I start? Don't be shy, George. <laughs> I said pick
2: the
3: one
0: long first. list For our next half hour.
3: No, that's a big one.
0: <laughs> You know, I've I, I, tend to, I tend to forget these things pretty quickly. So yeah, I, there, okay. there, there certainly have been those instances. I, I, I can't really come up with a, a, a zinger for you right here. I uh, think
2: the uh, shopping cart kind of uh, you. Uh, we have
0: well, yeah, to see I some mean, that of was, the emails. <laughs> he had nothing to do with that,
1: um, but the person on the street thought it, including well, this. they
0: believed it. They believed it because you said it.
1: No, they believed So what do
0: you? I'm well, sorry. Go ahead, go, go, Pete.
1: go hell, ahead, Pete. Who told you? Who told you that, Pete? Uh, Suzanne over at Jules. Okay. Well, and then I called up Kathy, who always picks up the phone. Yep. On the first ring, and I said, "Hey, what's going on?" And she said, "Well, maybe something happened in the '90s. Not sure." Okay. Looks told me, "Hey, nothing's there." I call up Suzanne. Suzanne, what's up? Call up your bosses. And here's a petition, by the way. And we got the shopping cart. Yeah, cool. good for you. Okay, good for me, damn straight. Yep. But it
0: started with an incorrect statement.
1: I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> got got corrected,
0: that. and the, the thing that you fixed the problem, right? So that's that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Well, the well the problem is
1: we do long form content, and people only want thirty seconds now. So things get lost in context. So you have to figure out what you can put out to tease them to want to learn more. That's that's you know the issue. George, hey man, you you went overtime with us. It's been a long time. Time coming. Thank you for coming on, and please don't be a
0: stranger, man. This is good. This is good stuff. Good eating. Well, I'll try to. I'll try to maintain my uh, sense of perspective.
2: And if if we but, say, if we get it wrong,
0: you got our phone numbers. Yeah, I'll yeah. come back on and correct it. Exactly. Yeah. That? Yeah. Maybe that's we love yeah, it. I don't want to give you the incentive to get things wrong, but you know,
3: <laughs> hey, we need to get something wrong so we can get George back on here. Well,
0: <laughs>
1: people have said I've I've gotten it ninety percent right, so I know ten percent. I'm trying to correct. The only way you can do that is by bringing people on, and I have no problem. People call me an idiot. Sometimes it's my second middle name. Mayor George Panderley, and thank you so much for coming on the Lake Force. Well, it's
0: been a pleasure. It's uh you're you're providing a uh a, a positive thing for the community most of the time. Most and, of the time. And, <laughs> and, and it's it's a it's a good it's a good uh good thing. So thanks very and, much and again, for inviting thanks
2: for all you do. Rick yes. Rick and I have served on, on public boards, but I don't think anywhere near the, the, the amount of time you've put in over the years, not just as mayor, but alderman and all the commissions and every all the other roles
3: you've had and they, yes uh, wow and i mean it's that's been, just it's been uh, a very experience, positive
0: experience, experience. with I mean, a couple of bumps along the way so yeah
2: and, they, and i know that takes time away from your family and your work so uh enjoy that time you got now uh i uh i got to meet your wife at the city council at your last city council meeting very nice lady and um great that you're getting uh, some more time well-deserved time with your uh, with your family now
0: thank you it's been it's been a great ride mayor george take care thank you
1: the lake forest podcast is supported by viewers listeners and businesses just like you Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Joseph Fitus, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealestate.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Matt A., Elizabeth C., Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.